Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. I'm here with Pastor Stephen. Yay! Yeah, he's excited. And Pastor (laughs) Travis. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Uh, My name is Pastor Jeremy, and uh, today... We are talking through Pastor Travis's service, uh, a sermon you brought us through our villain series, which uh, you did a great job. You did a really great job. I think it is funny. You brought up the hardest thing about this series, right, is Satan's the answer for all of them. Yeah, every single one. This villain. Oh, what villain from the Bible are we going to pair it from? Uh, Satan. So, uh, yeah, but <laughs> what are you going to do about it? But tell me a little about your your prep for this message. Like what you just sit around, watch Disney movies. Do you watch the live action version too? make see which one you wanted? Like, what did it look like? Well, it's funny because um, when Noah was born, uh, I was on paternity leave. And when we first got home from the hospital, my wife uh, was big on wanting to uh, watch all of the Disney live action films. Oh. So I didn't know I was preaching this uh, series. I didn't know I was preaching this sermon. And Aladdin was one of the first ones we watched. And I remember getting to the end of it, and I had already seen a live action one, just being like, you know, that's good. It's not bad. Like, I don't think anything's bad, but it's not as great as the animated one. So no, not at asked, all. No. Yeah. And when I asked Pastor Nate, I was like, do you want me to do animated or live action? He said, it's up to you. I was like, well, I'm just going to do animated. And boy, I haven't seen the animated ever. And uh, it threw me for a loop. <laughs> what What about it? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it just far. Like, I don't know if you watch those clips very closely. And it may be because I've, I watched those clips like five times. But... Um, so and i get it like he's the villain but like his smile is like weird and like cheekbones and and so i just it just gave me the heat jeebies yeah that's fair that's fair the one thing that bothers me about the live action remakes versus the cartoons is the villains are never as good jafar in the live action one oh yeah is garbage Trash, absolutely. Like, like, I agree. You, the only comparison you have been like Jafar and Heyman. I don't know. Maybe they both had zero personality. Um, there was like <laughs> nothing, nothing good about the live action one. Uh, Jafar, that is. But um, right, right. but still, I uh, <clears throat> I love this series and I love where you brought us because um, this one was like perfect. It felt like to a T your comparison between the the villain and the Bible, um, the Bible villain as well. But one Yeah, thing, I really meant it. Yeah. I really felt like Pastor just like set it up on a on a tee for me. Like it was like he couldn't have given me probably an easier comparison. Yeah. Absolutely. And um and then the last thing I love that that you did is you're tying it into ourselves. I thought you did you did a great job. Was that was it hard to figure out from the sermon like 
all right, how do I make this applicable to us? Like none of us are the king's second person. Uh, yeah, none of us sure. have, you know, we, we don't actually have authority to get people killed. Like, how is this going to be connected? Like, just taught me through your yeah, process well, of that. Absolutely. I think, I think that like that was part of the, just to begin with, because I, like you're so used to preaching on the heroes of the Bible, right? Like mm. your Davids and sins and like, like all these people that did great things for God. And yeah, they've made mistakes. And so you highlight those mistakes, but you really, it's like, yeah, aspire to be these people. And that's like, okay, now preach about this villain. How do I preach it in a way that A, doesn't make anyone want to aspire to be them, but also make sure it's like applicable to all aspects of our lives. Because, you know, like, like you said, it's a very niche kind of villain. Um, But when you get to the root of it, I think um, you really see that it's something we all deal with, uh, whether we want to admit it or not. And if we don't mm-hmm. admit it, then we're probably the first ones that are dealing with it. Yeah, absolutely. Pastor Stephen, anything stick out uh, to you on this week's message? Yeah. So as you guys were sharing, it's always interesting that we do like, uh, we are known for doing like uh you know, not usual stuff in the church, you know, like, like villain series, you know, yeah. series, you know, stuff like that. So the, I think this is the first time we're doing villain series in Bethlehem location because it, it just started this year. Right. And we had a new family that came in this, this Sunday and uh, their response is just was like so good. So I was just uh, following up with them. Hey, how how's things? Are you guys new? And they're like, we love the church, especially I loved Villain Series. You guys are doing great. And I was like, wow. That's really? Awesome. <laughs> you never know with these series like, all right, is it going to hit or right. is it going to just fall? <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was just nice. Like, oh, a brand new family just walked into the church and their first response, they didn't even say like, hey, I'm doing good. No, their first response was like, we love the church. We love the villains here. I was like, wow. So that's so cool. Yeah. And it was, it was nice. It was just nice to even hear it from that perspective uh, to know, all right, we are the right track. And um, uh, so I just wanted to share that. But one of the things, Pastor Travis, you shared uh, that really like started uh, stirring my heart was like when you talked about how Pastor Nate was talking about Saul and then uh, like you tied up with Hagag, like, you know, even after, you know, the generational stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I think that was pretty neat because... Uh, you know, some people believe, oh, there's nothing like, all right, you know, generational stuff, uh, you know, and uh, I think it is important to know like every, like if I do stuff right now in this a- age, it may affect my kids at some point, mm-hmm. whether whether I know it or not. Maybe I think it's just affecting me, but you know, when they grow up, when they think about it, it might be a generational 
thing that my kids are going through because of my actions. And it was kind of neat that you said like Saul's action made uh, uh, Hagag, you know, go through that uh, even after like years later, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that was that was good to always know. All right, we do have we gotta we gotta line up, you know. Well, hey, as while I agree with everything you said, just just my notes did not have that written down. And I don't remember him saying <laughs> it, it. It was just at the very beginning. It was oh, like, a, okay. All right. Like, like you, you may have even just been transitioning still from hosting. Um, it was, okay. it was like, Hey, real quick, really jump into Heyman. I want to point this out. Uh, because like when, when Heyman's first introduced, they, they call him, uh, Heyman, the, the, the agite or guy. I don't know how to pronounce it. I butchered it Sunday and it threw me for a loop, but I don't think anyone noticed. So that was good. Um, but yeah, and it's in, and you know, it's not like the end all be all, um, but you could easily just create a sermon just off of those three words. Right. Yeah. Um, because it, um, when, when I was reading and when I was studying, I already knew that Haman and Agag were connected. Um, but then watching Pastor Nate's sermon and he, he mentioned it. I was like, oh man, this is perfect. That's cool. Well, now I got to go really back. Lined up. I was just thinking, oh, what if this ends? And that was the entire point of the sermon. And I'm here talking about pride <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> Wait a minute. No. Uh, that is interesting though. <clears throat> I think, it is. I think it's a weird thing. So this is a real thing that I often think about is the idea that that you talk through like the generational, I don't know if you want to call them generational curses or just generational. Uh, well, that's kind of what it's talking about, right? It's talking through these generational things like yeah. that, that we I could mean, be. It, sorry, you go past Travis. No, I was just going to say it, it's, it's, I always kind of not cringe, but like, like when people do call them curses. Yeah. Because at the same time, like. That's where I'm headed. Yeah. You know, like I'm not a huge fan of being like, hey, you know, your family is cursed because of a decision you made. However, your family is going to have to deal with consequences that you mm-hmm. have made. Yeah. That's you better. know, and so I'm not I'm not a huge fan of calling them curses. Um, I I know like there, there are people in our Christians huge into calling them curses and yeah. being freed of those generational curses. Um, and I do think you can be freed of. Uh, generational addictions and generational mm. stigmas and generational, you know, um, but to, to to call it a curse, like we're, we're almost saying that, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to go deep, too deep down there. But, yeah. <laughs> right. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. That's, that's where I was headed. I was like, let's, let's talk about that for a second <laughs> because it's, it's the one thing that I always fear that Christians can fall into is, anything above the name of Jesus. Mm. And so I've heard in circles where like a generational curse almost can supersede your salvation and how God wants to move um, because you haven't yet called out that specific generational curse. Mm. And, and I just, I've always wondered about that and, and thought through about that because it was one of those like, well, yes, I, I hear you. I also think 
I also think there's so much power in the name of Jesus that maybe holding on to the idea that you have a generational curse, that might be the only thing that's keeping you there because in the name of Jesus, like it has to leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's, um, yeah, that's a tangent, but. I I do like what, um, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people need to realize that, you know, curses, I don't think are necessarily passed on through generations, but those consequences are. So mm. like you're, you, you do have consequences. That's what we saw with Agag. Like you do have consequences, but I don't think that's a curse that, that gets passed and passed. And at the same time, I think we, we can be guilty of using those consequences or I've, I've seen people lean on generational curses as a reason for their sin. Like, Oh, I'm a, because my dad was a drunk yeah. or, Oh, I'm addicted because my dad was addicted or my yeah. mom was addicted yeah. or, and it's like, no, like you're, you're sinning because you're sinning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you need to come to that realization. Um, so you, good. Like you can't just blame your parents for, for everything. Like, Yes. Are you predisposed to addiction? Are you predisposed to, you know, certain things? A hundred percent. That's that's just, you know, our physical bodies. But at the same time, you're not you're not sinning because your parents sinned. Right. Yeah. I was about to say that. Like I had a conversation with a person, just exact same thing. Oh, uh, I'm this way because my parents are this way. That's like what. Yeah. Like, no, you're this way because of your choices that you're making that that is making you this way, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So it's just, as you said, Pastor Travis, it's just a getaway. Like, oh, I'm this way. I'm wired this way. Mm. You know, I'm born this way. Uh, I, I I cannot change. I'm born this way. My parents were this way. My Their grandparents were this way. So I'm this way. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't agree with that. I think... Like I think about my life, all right, my dad, you know, my parents, you know, they all, like my parents, particularly my dad, very angry person, very angry person, Mm. but got saved, you know, stuff like that. And I could choose whether I need to be angry with my kids or not, or how, how to change the, uh, you know, how my dad discipled me versus how I disciple my kids. You know, that's my choice. I cannot just say, all right, my dad this, so I'm going to do the same thing with my kids also. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, and which ties up, right? Which ties up to what you said, your key point, pride. Mm. You know, are you prideful that you're not going to change your life? Or are you just going to say, all right, you know, like, I don't want to change uh, I like this way. I don't, I don't, I heard a lot of people say, uh, I don't think God can change me. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I don't think he can. I, uh, I don't think my prayers are answered. I don't think this, I don't think that, uh, I think they're just being prideful that they don't want to want to period. And then just making excuses to make it look bad on God. Yeah. That's interesting. One thing I loved that um, <clears throat> that this entire series was doing a little bit, at least from week one to week two, is when we looked at week one, it was talking a, a lot about 
for us personally, can we talked about it in in our circle group that I have? Like, can you handle God moving when it's not you that He's using? Ooh. And so, and that was the big thing that I, that I felt like was coming into that. And then you came in with this second villain, talking through can you can you look past anything when all you're focused on is yourself mm-hmm. or what you don't have and i think when you talked about like focusing on what you don't have um it is so true that that's such a blinding area especially in in my life as well right and as a life of a pastor right you can look past the fact that you have an amazing congregation because your congregation's smaller than someone else's. Right. And right. which is so toxic, which is so not right. And, and you know, you're called to reach specific people. And, and this is just like, if you're listening, you've never even thought about being a pastor. That is a real thing that, that people have struggles with. Um, sometimes I think it's warranted. Like when people leave the church, that does hit you. <laughs> um, that does affect you, but that's because there are people leaving the church, not because your numbers are decreasing. But um, there's just a level of that, or you know, you, uh, you you don't believe God can move well in your worship service because you, well, you don't have a Nord stage uh, piano like this other church does, and and like how much do you miss out when all you're focusing on is what you don't have, like. And I just thought that was so great for you to pull that out of of the story of Haman. Like the dudes like couldn't get any more powerful. He just couldn't. But he's obsessing over one person that won't bow down to him. Like, and it sounds ridiculous. And then you listen to it and you're like, but I've done that, right? Like, oh, yeah. but, but I have done those things. And uh yeah, I just thought that was a that was a great thing to pull out. Um, to pull out on that because it's just so good. So that's going to be like my my driving piece for our small group. Um, we always listen to the message and then we listen to this exact sermon. So my my host our group's listening to this. And we'll talk about it later. But um, <laughs> but that's kind of the big. Hey, thing. Jamie, small group. Hey, what's up? I hope other small groups. Marilyn Taylor, small group. I know she does it too. Yeah. Um, which, which is a great resource that, that people can use. Um, it's been great for my, for my circle. Um, but I think, I think that focus is just amazing. Do you guys ever feel like, has there been something in your early walk or maybe even your current walk that you've realized later you missed out on something because you were so focused on what was behind you or, or focused on what you didn't have? Yeah. Uh, like for me, when it comes to that area, like just like my background, like me being a sound audio engineer, I always go into the worship room or church or wherever. Mm. My ears just catch things that are messed up or like not playing well or like, man, that that was supposed to be a build and it's not building or like, you know, and I'm like, stop it, Steve, like just engage in worship, just be in worship. (laughs) Yeah. And I always have like, so after the church or after the services, I'll go get in the car and I'm like, uh, I'll talk to my wife. Oh man, that was, that was meh. You know, that's (laughs) all right. 
And then she has to correct me, hey, you're super focused. You're really focusing on the sound, the elements of it. And you should stop and just focus on God and what he has in worship rather than like just, right, the drum snare too much or like the kick is not sounding like kick, you know, or like they're off, you know. So that is kind of like a really, really big battle that I do have to like yeah. navigate through it. Just like even not intentionally, it just goes, my ears just catches all the stuff and I'm like, stop it. No, no, just thank you. Just thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You get to this weird mindset <laughs> that makes no sense. It's like, man, we had six salvations at service today. I bet it would have been 10 if those drums sounded better. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just have this, like, that's not at all connected. <laughs> Like, yep. it's good to have a good sound. It makes it enjoyable. It helps people sing along. But yeah, that focus of like, man, church was rough today. All right. <laughs> Why? Well, they left the auto tune on the wrong key. All right. And uh, and it sounded really ridiculous at the end of service. You know, whatever. Like, uh, yeah, you know, true story. That happened this Sunday story. for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Pastor Travis? Is there anything, is that, is that a lesson that you've learned the hard way or you're just so perfect oh, yeah, you've sure. never had that issue? I mean, both are true. I, I, I figured. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we'd be lying to ourselves if anyone here said, oh yeah, I've never focused on what I don't have. Mm. Um, it's so easy to do. And it's the little things. I, I shared a story just jokingly about how like when we were struggling to get pregnant, I focused so much on not having that baby that I missed mm. out on really being completely present with my wife for those years. Yeah. Um, because I just was so focused on wanting to have a child. Um, when the child was born. I was so focused on wanting sleep. <coughs> I missed out on the fact that I had a child. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just moved on to the next thing you didn't have. Exactly. And and that's the problem, right? And, and that's what I mentioned. Like, when yeah. you start focusing on what you don't have, all you're going to do is keep replacing that with something else that you don't have. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be a new phone. There's always going to be a new car. There's always going to be things that you can replace it with. Um, and so that's why, like, it's it's not it's not enough about not focusing on that one thing that you don't have, not focusing on what you don't have. Right. Yeah, yeah that's so good. Yeah, because wow. because it's never yeah because it's never going to be enough. You have the the greatest showman song stuck in my head now. It's, <laughs> it's never. Oh my gosh, we should have done that song. Um, I just was thinking. Sorry, never, I was just thinking of the lyrics, never, like all never, the all the never, all the charm never. of the spotlight. It will never be enough. There you go. Um, real time, real time uh, gotta, stuff happening. <laughs> I. I have a little bit of a cold, so I'm not going to try and sing it. I won't add to our repertoire of songs sung, but um, but it would have been amazing if I if I went for it. <clears throat> See, I have to keep coughing in between, so I apologize to everyone. But well, um, like I I think I think that's a great example. I mean, it, you know, this isn't anthems, but you know, the that song's a great example of it. You know, there, because sometimes. It's not necessarily that we focus on what we don't have. Sometimes we can also focus on the potential of not having something. So mm. 
mean by that is uh, like one of the lyrics says, you know, I, I can't let this moment end, right? Like, like I, I don't want this to end. And, and sometimes we're so, so focused on the fact that we're going to lose something. We're so focused on the fact that in a week we're not going to have something that we, we hold on to it. We stay in a job longer than we need to. Yeah. Um, we, we, we stay with friends longer than we should because we don't yeah. want to lose those friends. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is we're focusing on things that we don't have, that we currently have, but we won't have in the future. And that, that affects us the same way. So good. Yeah. That's so much fun. Loop looping back a little bit. <clears throat> to something that you shared, because I, I don't know if we necessarily talked about it last week um, on on the podcast, but something that you shared, Pastor Stephen, it's not really sermon related, but it's series related, if you guys are willing to go there yes, with me. Sir. You had a family comment and share it. Now, now there there are other not not wrong reservations that people have about series like this. Yeah. Um, so I guess I feel like something that would be helpful would if we could talk through like why why do we feel like as as speakers as teachers of the church that a series like this is actually impactful or worth doing? Um, like what comes what comes out to you when you think through like if someone was like, well, man, why do why do we gotta watch Aladdin clips to hear about the Bible? Um, as, as politely as you can come back at that, <laughs> um, just right. talk through some of the why of, of why the, why you think this series is, is important and, and helpful for people. Yeah. Like, especially all this is like an, uh, eye opener for me too. Right. Because I never grew up in this culture and, uh, I was brought up really traditional Pentecostal, you know, kid. So yeah. all this is like if it was like old Steven Johnson, this is sin. You guys are a bunch of sinners. <laughs> but, you know, like... <clears throat> and you'd be I had, right, but we're trying our best to follow <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you're trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it is important, right? Even like within the within the church people, even now, like some people attending our churches may not like what we are doing, but they're just getting through it. Or maybe like this past family that texted, Hey, we love it. And they were never seen or been in restoration church, but they loved it. And I think there's a connection, uh, off it. Like, you know, whatever the secular stuff is, everything, like everything secular, not sinful. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. Everything secular is not sinful. It's the people's concept of secularism is sinful. Mm. So like what I think about secular, if I think everything is sinful other than church, then it is sinful. Right? But then my question is, do you go to a restaurant which, which serves alcohol, but you eat from it? Right? So... You cannot just, you know, pick what you want to speak or pick and choose, but it's all one category. So yeah. I think it is important to know, like, everything is not secular that we think 
and I think we should balance it out. Like, hey, let's pick this from a movie clip and show like how it can connect to connect to the Bible. And we're not we're not praising Satan or we're not praising the <laughs> you know every whatever. But I hope people understand. Wow, there is a good amount of stuff that we can learn through the movie clip and through the Bible. Yeah. yeah I think, I think one of the key things, because like it's you, uh, so we call our series villains, um, but there's several churches that have a, a series called at the movies yeah. mm-hmm. and they use tons of different movies and they do very similar to what we're doing. And Every year, because I, I like my Facebook friend list is full of tons of different people. Um, people I grew up with, people from different backgrounds. Every year, it, without fail, there's always a few people when when a church down south that was in my house starts doing their at the movie series. Um, and they're constantly posting about how like we don't need this, you know, things like that. Mm. But there's a common misconception about these types of series. Anthems. Um, you know, because we, we heard a lot of the same things when we did anthems is, you know, you don't need a secular song to, to, to draw moral biblical, biblical takes from. Mm. We are not drawing or pulling moral and biblical takes from the movies. We yeah. are not drawing Christian values from songs. We're not drawing Christian values from the movies. We're drawing Christian values from the Bible and relating that to a movie so that, you know, it's easier understandable to someone. They're, they're, we're not pulling truths from the movies. We're just using the movies as an example. And that's, and I, I said this uh, yet or Sunday, you know, uh, that's exactly what Jesus did. You know, the parables, he used real life examples, mm. um, to, but he he didn't he didn't draw those biblical values from those examples. He drew them from his father, from scripture. But he used those examples to kind of show people what he was talking about. Yeah, and that's all we're doing. Yeah, I love that. I I love it. <clears throat> I love it because it can attach a principle. To, and this is like really what Jesus is doing. He's attaching a principle to something that they're going to interact with every day. Yes. Right. And so when when we say, uh, you know, we do, you know, so we keep referencing it. We have a lot of newer people in our church. We did a series called Anthems where we would play songs off the top 100 charts. And then we would preach a biblical truth that would either be supported by that song or very opposite from that song. So, Hey, this song teaches this, but the Bible says something different. Let's, let's be careful of what we sing. But what I loved is we were doing the top 100, which really doesn't hit radio stations until what feels like a year later. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But so as I'm listening to the radio now, you know, the song happier comes on which we did one of the series. And I, and I remember back to the, to the sermon, like the world wants you to feel happier, but, but Jesus brings you joy, right? A a pure joy. Mm. And so all of a sudden now there's a biblical truth that is attached to this song that no matter what that song is teaching, I'm like, yeah, but the Bible says this. And I, and I feel the same way about the villain series. Like I like the fact that when I watch, 
you know, when I watch Aladdin, it starts my my brain to remember the story of Esther and how it could connect. And and like we shared, at least at the Dover location and, and Bethlehem, because they were tuned in during uh, right before the sermon. Um, that's a really good practice. What if what if you could train your brain to do that as a Christian, as a believer to not think there's truth in everything, but to but to but to be able to reference the biblical truth as you're watching something. Um, and so you could play your own game of villains every time you watch a Disney movie, and you just mm-hmm. and you, the rules are uh, don't pick Satan every time, but uh, but watch <laughs> yeah. a, watch a Disney movie with a villain and think who's historically who's the best villain with this, and and I just think that. That is no easy task. When we sit around for this series, I feel like I do not know my Bible because I can't think of good villains. Mm -hmm. Um, As we're like, what about this movie? Any villains pop up for that? Or uh, I'm, I can't suggest anything good from that. But when they go, all right, this villain from the Bible, they did this. I'm like, oh, here's 10 Disney movies (laughs) that you can relate with. Um. But like, and I, does, I think that's the yeah. the key is you start with the Bible and then you relate. You, yeah. you don't you don't say, hey, here is you know Hans from Frozen. Okay, who can I think of in the Bible that's right. like him? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no. go, you, you, go the you other read some in the Bible. And, exactly. <sighs> but that's like crafting that series and being able to teach something out of that. I think is is really for someone who's who they they know their information because you gotta just research the heck out of those things. And, and so I just, I just love it. I think it's a fun, a fun idea. And I think I also like, because it's, it adds an element of, of something for the kids as well, because mm-hmm. they are the next generation. And I've seen that in here, like kids love it. Kids love the posters in the lobby. Yeah. Uh, kids are waiting. All right. What movie club they're going to show and learn about, Oh wow, mm-hmm. that is wow, that is a villain. Like, you know, like when they watch the movie, they don't realize all those things. They just watch the movie. But when we compare it and talk about uh like the biblical aspect of it, they're like, Wow, I never knew. I yeah. never knew. So I love that like kids walk off after sermon. Wow, I learned something, you know. It's not That's like true. it's not like heavy, heavy, deep stuff. It's like, oh wow, I can relate. Watch this movie hundred times. Yeah, so good. So as we're talking through the series, we'll 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 come to a to a close on this on this episode. But as we're talking through this series and and focusing on on not having enough, do you guys have any any book recommendations or podcast recommendations that that would help someone? Yeah, I struggle with this mindset of always wanting more. Um, do you have any any resources or, or help for them? Hmm. Maybe you don't have a book. Maybe you just have a word for them. But um, that would be helpful too. Because I think that's kind of something we haven't hit yet in this episode. Uh, I think Power of Change. Oh, okay. Yeah, who, who wrote that one? Uh, the power to change, uh, Craig Groeschel. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The power of change. It's so good. 
Um, while we're you made me think while we're on the Craig Groeschel train, he has one called uh, Mastermind: Change the way you're thinking, change the way you live. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and that he has a lot of like how you frame your situation completely changes how you frame the rest of your life. Mm. I think that's great. Perfect. Uh, oh, chasing yeah. contentment by Eric Ray- Raymond. By who? Eric Raymond. Contentment. Awesome. Huh? I, yeah. I just couldn't hear you. You cut out for us. We're we're all uh we're all on Zoom. So uh perfect. Sweet. Well, hey, thanks for <laughs> thanks for chiming <laughs> in, guys. Thanks for talking through. Uh Pastor Travis, thank you so much for preaching. Um, I love when you Absolutely. come to our church and, and teach us. I think you do a great job. Um yes, so, sir. Yeah. all right, we'll see you guys you. later. Yep. Bye. Bye.